Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. for your lives and the brethren also came with I know that God is going to minister to us in an honorable way hallelujah Hallelujah. I know you have already been blessed at the first session praise God how many of you are blessed hallelujah shall we lift our right hand towards the father your name is exalted unto you shall the gathering of the people be and Father, we have gathered in your name. Evermore, let fresh manna fall upon us as we receive it. Minister unto our hearts. Enlarge us, Lord. That, Lord, we will be made ready, thoroughly finished, thoroughly finished, perfected and prepared unto every good work. We we'll give you all honor and praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm speaking on the subject. They offered sacrifices. They offered sacrifices. They offered sacrifices. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 23. Hebrews 9, 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things with better sacrifices than these better sacrifices than these let's also read Hebrews 10 verse 12 Hebrews 10 12 but this man let me start from 11 and every priest standeth daily Ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From henceforth, expect until his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, we see different sacrifices and offerings. We see the burnt sacrifice. We see 
the grain offering or the male offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, different offerings and sacrifices. All of these were fulfilled in Christ. Praise God. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all of these. But in Hebrews 9.3, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Now in, 20, in this verse, the Bible uses the word sacrifices. It is used in the plural form, sacrifices. Yet Jesus made only one sacrifice. The Bible said that by this man, after he had made one sacrifice for sins forever, the Bible said one sacrifice. Yet Hebrews says that what he did was sacrifices. Are you following me? Hebrews is using the word sacrifices. According to Hebrews, what was done in the Old Testament was just a shadow, a shadow resemblance, a typical reference. It is a shadow to what Jesus did. But Jesus' blood purified the heavens. And the Bible used the word sacrifices for that one act of sacrifice he did. But the Bible used the word sacrifices. Actually, in Hebrews 9.23, there is there's a figure of speech that is used. I don't know whether in, it's not a figure of speech. Yesterday, Caleb corrected me. Is it a literary device or something? Uh-huh. You know, I don't know whether you are familiar with this word, high analogy. Analogy and hyperlage. Now, this is a literary, literary device, analogy. And analogy is when um, you use a plural word to describe a singular act because of how profound that singular work is. The work is so profound that instead of using a singular term to describe it, you use a plural term actually to describe it. You understand? Because by one sacrifice, he fulfilled the sacrifices. So what I'm trying to say is that the sacrifices on the cross, Christ fulfilled a burnt sacrifice. He fulfilled a peace offering. He fulfilled a sin offering. He fulfilled a trespass offering on the, on the cross. It was one, the Bible said by one sacrifice, yet it was profound. Praise the Lord. But um, I want us to glean, reap, and glean certain truths that we can also experience as leaders and pastors and ministers in the ministry. First of all, I want to speak something concerning the drink offering. 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 In Philippians 2.17, this is what Paul said, Apostle Paul said, and I, if I be offered upon the service and the sacrifice of your faith, I joy. I wonder if you can see it. Your eyes are very good. I joy and rejoice with you all. And I, if I be offered, that's what Paul is saying, if I be offered. When we read it from other versions, other versions will say something like, if I be poured out, like as libation, if I be poured out as an offering for the service and the sacrifice of the faith, I rejoice for that. Paul is so joyful to just lay down his life 
for the church and for the flock. What Paul spoke here was an allusion to the drink offering. Paul used the terminology of the drink offering. The drink offering. When you read it from the Septuagint, it's just a drink offering. How he poured himself out. Hallelujah. Now let's see what a drink offering is. In Leviticus 23 verse 13 and Numbers 28 verse 10. Leviticus 23 verse 13 and Numbers 28 verse 10. The drink offering is related to two kinds of offerings. The drink offering is not a major offering. The drink offering is related to the burnt offering and the grain offering. There is the burnt offering and there is the grain offering. In the burnt offering, there is drink offering. In the meal offering, there is drink offering. So the drink offering is related to these major offerings. There is no drink offering in the sin offering, but it's found in these two major offerings. That's the burnt offering and also the grain offering. Hallelujah. So you can find it in Leviticus 23 verse 13 concerning and the Numbers 28 concerning these two offerings. These verses reveal that the drink offering is related to these offerings. The burnt offering. In the burnt offering, there is a drink offering. Hallelujah. Now you must understand that the burnt offering is the first of the sacrifices. In Leviticus, it is first to be mentioned before any other sacrifice is mentioned. Praise God. The reason being that, and even in Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says, in burnt offering and sacrifices, in burnt sacri- offering and sacrifices, thou hast had no pleasure. The burnt sacrifice is always foremost, it's always first. Jesus gave himself as a burnt offering before he gave himself as a sin offering. He gave himself as a burnt offering before he gave himself as a sin offering. Praise God. Now there's, there's a kind of differences between them. There's a kind of differences between them. You know. In the burnt offering, Jesus gave himself to God in obedience to the Father. And because he loved the Father. The cross primarily was for God before it is for us. Primarily. You know, when you read the Bible, you understand that there was what was called the sweet savor offering and the non-sweet savor offering. Savor, aroma. The sin offering was a non-sweet savor offering. But the burnt offering was a sweet savor offering. You know, the Bible says it was a sweet savor offering. That means that it was a fragrant offering. It was for God's enjoyment. When God saw his son on the cross, God was so satisfied. He saw the travail of his soul and he was satisfied. Wow. For his son to fully obey him. For his son to give himself to him because of love. So sometimes, for instance, do you know that in John 18, Jesus said, the cup that my father has given me, shall I not drink it? Yet, when he get to Matthew 26, he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. It's as though there are two contradicting statements. But you realize that in John, the revelation there is Christ as a burnt sacrifice. 
But in Matthew, the revelation there is Christ as a as a sin offering. He was relating as a sin offering. So he said, let this cup pass me by. Because the sins of humanity was coming upon him. And there was going to be a kind of separation. He was going to bear the judgment in our stead. So he said, let this cup pass me by. But when he came to the burnt offering, he gave himself devotedly to God. Absolutely. His highest for God because he loved him. He said, the cup that my father has given me, shall I not drink it? That is Christ as a burnt sacrifice. So when we speak of the burnt sacrifice, it's, it's a sweet aroma to God. The father looked on the cross and wow, the son, he was so, he just beheld the sweetness, the preciousness of his son. That is why in the Bible, the burnt offering or the burnt sacrifice was offered within the camp. The sacrifices was within the camp, within the tabernacle, within the temple, within the camp. The burnt sacrifice was within the camp. But the sin sacrifice was outside the camp. Because sin is detestable in the eyes of God. So the burnt sacrifice is within the camp. But the sin offering was outside. Praise God. There are quite some differences. When it comes, I just want you to, to see the differences so you can appreciate these things better. When it comes to the um, sin offering, the bull or the beast is killed. And the Bible says that when the beast is killed, the beast is bent. With the sin offering, the Bible mentions the dung of the beast. But with the bent sacrifice, the dung is not mentioned. Can you imagine? The dung is also part, very necessary. You know, God is so economical in writing the Bible that he doesn't waste a single word. <laughs> so when it comes to the sin offering, there is the dung involved. But with the bent sacrifice, there is no dung. No, our only contribution to the cross of Christ was our sins. <laughs> it was our dung. The dung was our dung. The dung includes our sins, all our self righteousnesses. The dung includes not only our sins, it also includes our achievements, our attainment, our skill, and our talent it will amaze you you know what Paul said yea doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord of whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung and you know what Paul was talking about he was talking about his achievement circumcised the eighth day and Hebrew of Hebrews (laughs) Touching the law, <laughs> blameless. What again? Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. What again? I mean, Paul was talking about his accomplishment in the flesh. Hebrew of Hebrews. And all that he has attained and obtained in, in natural ability and his, his accomplished, to him, all of these things are done. Hallelujah. You see, that is how your perception should be with the things of the world. Paul says that I count them, but dang, it was his counting, his estimation, his appropriation. That's how he saw it. 
to Paul, his university, university certificate is Badang. Not Dang in itself, as compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his Lord. The thing is this. You may walk about saying everything is Dang, and yet in your heart, everything is not Dang. <laughs> you know, this is what Paul said. You know why Paul saw everything as Dang? Because of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his Lord. He, because he saw the supreme worth and the excellent preciousness of who Christ is. You cannot see his full glory and not count everything as dung. It's not possible. Once you have beheld his glory, you realize that nothing matters again. Nothing is worthy of anything again. So the more he saw him, oh, ye doubtless, he never doubted it. Ye doubtless, I count all things but loss. Ask your neighbor, can you count all things but loss? I mean, counting all things. Count them one by one. <laughs> Sit down and itemize the things one by one and count, oh, this is loss. Loss. It's amazing. Beloved, that must be our attitude as God's school workers. That must be the inner, the principle to govern our heart. Nothing must matter but him. Because I wonder, to Paul, everything was done. Everything was done. All your cars are done. <laughs> All your buildings are done. Your master's degree is but done. Your, your job is but done. I know you are computer illiterate, but illiterate, but it's dank. <laughs> Everything is dank because of the excellency. Because we have seen him. Because we have seen him. Is it Paul, Paul was a, no, Paul was part of the Sanhedrin. He was part of the Sanhedrin. And Paul, remember that when Stephen was being stoned. The Bible said that Paul was consenting to his death in Acts 9. The word consenting means he, he, he was voting. Now, in those days, before you are stoned, the members of the, the Sanhedrin, who represent the official Supreme Court, must vote whether you should really be stoned. So they had to cast their vote one by one. And the Bible said that Paul casted his vote against Stephen, that Stephen should be stoned. He was part of the Sanhedrin, very high position at that time. Paul had great privileges, but he said all of these things are done. Among the Hebrews, he was a Hebrew. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> Everything but dank. Yeah. Nothing can compete with this precious calling we have received. This noble calling we have received. This holy calling we have received. And that's how you should count the ministry. That's how you should count it. Ministry is not like a spare part. It's not like something for spare that you bring in. Ministry is the main thing. It's the main thing. But if we have not seen him, we must see him. The thing is that we must see him. We must be persuaded about him. Once we have seen him, nothing else matters. And it's not by information, it's by revelation. 
is deeply seated within. It's by revelation. The kind of revelation where, and I, I always talk about Nero. In the days of Nero, look at how he killed the believers. Every day, he crucified 500 Christians. Because he, danced, he was doing every night party. He was partying every night. You know, there was no electricity. So he would put stiff wax in believers and tie them on poles and set fire in them as candles for their evening feast. Every evening. And that's what, just one of the things he did. And he was just 18 years of age. <laughs> yeah. Killed his parents because he didn't want anything to, any, anyone to prevent him from what he wanted to do. <laughs> and some of the people in the Colosseum, he would just amputate their hands or cut their legs or cut their breast, leave them half death, half dead. Then he would say, before they die, I want to see their faces before they die. And he walked in the Colosseum. And according to with testimony, witnesses, every one of them was smiling. Every one of them was smiling. Those who were half dead, you could see hope in their faces, joy in their faces, every one of them. Hallelujah. So the burnt sacrifice, we have the dung. Sorry. Hallelujah. So there are remarkable differences. Remarkable differences. In Jesus' name. Another thing too is that hands were always laid on these sacrifices. Hands were laid on the sun offering and hands were also laid on the bent offering. But different things. When hands were laid on the bent offering, on the sun offering, the offerer is identified with the offering. But when hands were laid on the bent offering, the offering was identified with the offerer. That's what it meant. The reason hands were laid on the bent offering was on the sun offering was because the sun offering, when the hands were laid on the on the goat, it was representative. It was identification. The offer, offerer, the one offering, the offerer is identified with the offering. So when the offering is slain, it's as if the offerer is slain in the mind of God. So when hands were laid, the sins were transferred upon the head, upon the the, 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 the scapegoats, or how do you call it? The beast. Hallelujah. But with the bent sacrifice, the innocence of the lamb is transferred to the offerer. So the offering is identified. But with Christ, everything was fulfilled. He was all the sacrifices in one. Because in the, in the types and shadows, it was difficult to use one thing to just represent all of Christ. Beloved, when we speak of the drink offering, we are speaking of two things. The male offering... It deals with the, the grain offering and the burnt sacrifice. Now, the grain offering or the male offering was the, was the offering without blood. And we'll get into it and you realize that that speaks, spoke of the life of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus, the work of Jesus, how he lived before God on the earth. But the burnt sacrifice speaks of the cross, how his devotedness, how he gave his highest and all in all to God. It, he was fully bent. And when you go into the details in Leviticus, how that the head was laid with the legs and all the inwards, all of the beasts, all the parts, how they were skillfully bent, 
signifies how that the inward part of Christ, every part of him was given to God as a sweet fragrance offering. His head, his thinking, I mean, talk about his work life. Everything was given to him. Christ as the burnt offering. Hallelujah. That is it. He emptied himself. He em- in his work life, when Jesus lived on the earth, he was a drink offering unto God. Now, in the Old Testament, the drink offering was wine. Wine was poured to God as part of the sac- those sacrifices. It was poured out to God. It was poured out to God. Wine was poured out to God. When Jesus, at the Lord's Supper, he took wine and said, this is the blood. This, he took the cup, the wine. This is the cup of the New, New Testament in my blood. The cup of the New Testament in my blood. Wine speaks of the blood. And when the drink of wine is poured out. Leviticus 17.11 tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Actually, the drink offering spoke of Jesus pouring out all of himself to the Father to fulfill his agenda, his will. He just emptied himself for him. That's what it means. So in his living, he emptied himself for God. In his death, he emptied himself for God. Everything for him. Then Apostle Paul uses the same reference in practical application to his life and ministry on earth. Listen, Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote the letter to the Philippians. The man was shackled. He was in bonds. Then he wrote the letter. And Philippians is so marvelous. He wrote a letter. And when he wrote this letter to the church of the Philippians, saying so many marvelous things, the prison he was was in Caesar's house. Caesar, the Roman emperor. He had a prison in his palace. That's why he said that all my bonds is now made known in all the praetorium, in all the palaces, when we read Philippians. You know? And when he was in prison, he requested that the church would pray for him. He said, I know that this will tend to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And can you imagine that when Paul was in prison, in chains, he converted the household of Caesar. Now, check the end of Philippians. He said, all that are in Caesar's household salute thee. <laughs> and according to history, the wife of Caesar, Propeia, was converted. And there was a church in the household as a prisoner. As a prisoner, he converted the household. The household of Caesar salute thee. A man come in prison and he'll be winning souls, but we are free and nothing is happening. <laughs> it's, it's assumed that, that man, he just arrested every opportunity to advance the gospel. Now, it's, it's very amazing. He just arrested every opportunity, redeeming the time because the days are evil. He was always buying back those moments which others threw away. He was in prison. And he was. Do you, remember, do you realize that in Philippians, the word rejoice, or curse, and joy than any other book in the Bible? In Hebrews, the word better occurs than any other word in the Bible. Then in Peter, you have the word precious. Yeah, when you read Peter, you see the word precious occurring so many times. When you read Hebrews, the word better, it's because there's a comparison between the two covenants. But when it comes to Philippians, you find joy. 
Joy and rejoicing. Joy and rejoicing. Joy and rejoicing. Now when Paul was even in prison, some people were even preaching against him. He said some preach Christ even of envy and strife. But the other of love. Can you imagine? The one preached Christ of contention, supposing to add affliction to my bones, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Every way, notwithstanding, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. <laughs> and I daring rejoice and rejoice again. That's what he said. Paul had a different mindset. I mean, can you imagine a man? Because he was in prison, some were intentionally preaching to mar his reputation. Because supposedly, they felt that Paul was too popular. And there are so many things who have problems with fame. So when they said that I, I want someone to become too, too I mean, head or known, they, 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 are, they, they, they are challenged. They feel like, yeah, competition. So whilst Paul was not around, they were preaching against him. John spoke of diatrephs. Diotrephs, who was seeking to have preeminence in the church. You know. So people were preaching. Preaching Christ of contention, Christ of strife, Christ of envy. Can you imagine? Trying to just defame him. But when Paul heard it, you know what? He was just rejoicing. He said, notwithstanding, Christ is preached. What a man. Can you imagine that you hear people speaking against you somewhere else? <laughs> what a man it's totally different totally different the Christ is preached Christ is preached and he was in prison and he converted the household of Caesar beloved may we use every moment to advance the gospel of Christ in my life I realized that all the times I went out for evangelism I didn't win souls I'm not saying don't go for evangelism. <laughs> but the time that I was just walking and I met someone and just spoke to the person. One day I was walking, I used to live at Sakumono and I met a guy. I said, oh, Jesus loves you. Do you know that? The guy was going to school. I just told him that. I don't even remember him. He just went his way. After a few years, the, guy, the same guy came around. I didn't know him. And he was always around. I mean, he's doing serious ministry. Then he, he called my attention and said, Do I know when he gives life to Christ? So I said that the that day I met him going to school. That's when I spoke to him. That's what changed him. I was so amazed. Many years ago, I had a group of friends. And I was a new convert myself. We used to go for dawn broadcast, preaching here and there. The one day I was just going, I met one of my friends. And I just spoke Jesus to him. That's all. I didn't know what happened. After some months, we're evangelizing and he came to join us. But the guy was always serious. So I felt that, I even thought that he was in the Lord far before me. Because, you know, he doesn't, he has, because of his serious look. <laughs> Sometimes looks can be misleading. Because whilst we are preaching, he's very serious. So I felt like, <laughs> I mean, the guy should be our senior, you know. You know? He, then we, we, 
after that, I'll give him a chance to speak. Then when he starts speaking, the seriousness on his face. And no, we used to preach in, preaching when he kept cool, so preaching fancy. Then when he took the mic, when he started preaching, he said, Onia, the convicts Onia, hmm, yeah, we're Antichrist, now we're Antichrist. Yeah, we're Antichrist, now we're Antichrist. Antichrist is coming and Antichrist. Hey, you see, I feel that that guy. No, we didn't know much. So, you know, I feel that the thing is not correct, but because of the seriousness on his face, I feel like this thing must be true. <laughs> Unto Christ, unto Christ. So later on, he came to me and said that, "Oh, that day, do, do I know when he gives life to Christ?" He said, "That day I met one on the bridge. That's when he gives life to Christ." It's, it's serious. When I was in Fansfilm School, yeah, for Fansfilm guys, they always, you know, I just don't know why. They're all about dung. <laughs> because Pastor Teddy didn't go to Kabochi, he's saying that we are dung. <laughs> One day, I was going for evangelism. I was so hungry, I decided to stop. I was just looking at and the sun who was not sparing me was just baking my forehead. So I was just going, I felt like just then let me just go and rest. But I saw a man sitting under a tree. I just went to him. I just ten minutes spoke with him. I remember he I was asking me some questions about Catholicism and other stuff. I didn't even have answers, but I just spoke to him. I met him after 10 years. I couldn't really make him up. When he saw me, he called his friends to come and see me. At that time, he was having a ministry in Winneba, a big ministry. He's a pastor. <laughs> his own ministry. And he was telling them that there's a man who converted me, and I can't even remember. <laughs> so I realized that taking opportunities are very important. Meeting someone at the spur of the moment in a taxi. One day, I, I met a certain guy who was walking very fast, like this. <laughs> then I, at Elmina, and I confronted him and said, Say, Jesus loves you. So, when I told Jesus loves him, I just left. The man stood there for 10 minutes, he was still standing there. So, I went to stand somewhere watching him, what he would do. And he turned. <laughs> Only God knew what he was going to do. <laughs> Only God knew. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul said, 
and I, if I be offered. You know what the word offered? Offered actually means martyrdom. That's what offered. That's what he told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, I'm not, I said, I'm not, I'm, I am not ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is come. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the race. I have finished my course. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a kind of witness, a kind of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me, and not to me only, but to all them that long for his appearing. Now, start from verse 6. Look at verse 6. I am now ready to be offered. I remember, Pastor John, in the city of Ghana, CCF, some handing over, which I came. I mean, that's the year 2001 or 2002, handing over. And the president was handing over, and he was about to just. <laughs> then he took the microphone. I am not ready to be offered. <laughs> and the time of my departure is come. You know, he didn't really understand what it means to be offered. <laughs> so the preacher man came and said, Say, are you, prepared, are you ready to die? <laughs> he was handed over, so he said, He felt that the departure is the same as being offered. But the offering is actually martyrdom. When it's possible, I'm ready to be offered. He was ready to die for the sake of the gospel. Beloved, I've realized that. We who are doing this ministry, we need a certain kind of mindset. We need a certain kind of mindset for ministry. A certain kind of mindset for ministry. Paul said, now, look at the mindset Paul had. If I be offered upon the service, that means that I'm ready to, to serve you to the utmost. Come hurt me, even if it, if it, even if it be by death. I'm just ready to offer myself as an offering. Whether it's by, I want to die for you, whether it's by service or by sacrifice. If it, if it happens that way, it's my joy. And I'll rejoice. That was his mindset. You are told to pack the chest. And you are complaining, ah, why? Why me alone? Don't you know that? How? It's even a great privilege for you to do it alone, the whole place. It's an honor. If you were to have revelation, you know that the angels are with you. <laughs> and you should be rejoicing. <laughs> it's revelation. I listened to Bishop Edipo and said, he said many, many years ago, when they were just, they were not doing ministry. And he had not begun witness. And he and his friends, they were going to preach somewhere. But either there was no money or there was no car. And it, it was 170 kilometers from where they were. And we were all contemplating, how will we go? And Bishop Edipo said, oh, my friends, 170 kilometers is 17 kilometers times 10. <laughs> Why don't we walk 17 kilometers and rest and walk another 17 kilometers and rest 10 times? And that's all. You see someone's mindset. And if it was you, you would say, I wouldn't go. And when he began his ministry, you know where the church was and where he lived? He was driving seven hours. Seven hours. And the car he was using was not even good. That kind of car when he's coming, everyone hears a noise. You know that car? Yeah, seven hours. For evening service. And you are saying you are at a hundred, you cannot come here. 
There's something wrong. It's a mindset. If I be offered, I'm fine. If I, 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 I'm fine. We have seen Christ. Sometimes look at this ter- terrorist. Look at this terrorist. Ready to die, you know, ready to die at any time. One day I was in a plane. And I turned my head and I saw one Muslim. <laughs> at that time some, event, some, some things have happened in, in America or somewhere. And I just turned and saw them entering the plane. And they sat there and they were close to me and said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Terrifying us all over the place. They first struck me before I remembered that I was actually the son of God. <laughs> so actually, but these people, you know why they are giving them, themselves with the promise and the hope of 70 virgins in heaven? 70 virgins in heaven. The hope of having sex in eternity. Can persuade them to destroy their lives. <laughs> you see, we need a certain kind of mindset when it comes to the gospel. We need some mindset. Do you know why? One day, now listen, one day Apostle Paul sat down and said, For I think, because he used the word think. For I would, I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed unto them. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 4 verse 9, so that you see it yourself. And now this is what Paul is saying the ministry is. I want to tell you what the ministry is, so that if you are not prepared, you come back away. <laughs> Look at what he said. For I think, this is a man, Paul's thinking. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are a spectacle unto the world, unto angels and to men. Now this is the ministry. This is the ministry. Don't think ministry is getting cast. Don't think what approves your ministry is, a, is your cast. No, that's not it. For I think that God has set forth as the apostles last. Now the word last is a unique Greek word. Which means last show. <laughs> last show. You know, why did Paul use the word? So God has set with apostles for the last show. That's what he was saying. And Paul was alluding to the, to the fights by the gladiators in the arena of the amphitheater. In the arena. Now, how many of you have watched gladiator before? Uh-huh. So you can best understand what I'm talking about. Now in those days, they keep wild beasts under the arena. Lions and tigers and panthers. And they keep them hungry for days. Then, in Rome, there are Olymp- there are Olymp- in the, in, in, as part of the Olympic Games, all the provinces come with representatives to come and fight in the arena. But of all the shows, the best show was called the last show. The last show was reserved for criminals of Rome. Not only criminals who were slaves of the most lowest status. And they were those reserved for the last show. And they would fight with, both with the beast 
and that fight is on to death. You don't. <laughs> either you die, either you kill everybody, or you, you you kill everybody, every beast, and you survive, or you die. It's a matter of death. That is how deadly it was. The last show. And the words, we are made a spectacle. The word spectac- spectacle is a Greek word, theatron. Theatron, that means theater. It's like you are on stage and everyone is watching. In this ministry, we are being watched. By men, by the world, by angels, but we are being watched. And he said, for I think God has set us forth, the apostles for the last show. Beloved, we are here set for the last show. The last show, not the first show. The last show, you know the implication. You know the implication. I told you that the last show was was reserved for criminals of the most lowest status, slaves of Rome. That's how the apostles were branded. By evil reports and by good reports. By honor and by dishonor. As it were appointed unto death. So this is where we find ourselves in. Don't think ministry is when men are showering praises on you. Wow. Ministry is when you're on television and you are in a nice suit. A certain man of God confessed to me that man of God, he wept. He's a man of God. He wept. He came to me and wept. He said, I even thought that ministry was suit. Can you imagine? He said, I thought ministry was suit. Because he was always nicely dressed. And you know, hello, hi. <laughs> Learned how to speak. You know, protocol, you know, presentation. That is not ministry. Otherwise, John the Baptist would, would not have qualified. <laughs> what about if there is persecution in Ghana for the, for the sake of the gospel? Are we better than the saints who have lived generations ago? Are we better than Blandina and Prochorus? Blandina, these were just, Prochorus was about 15 years of age. Blandina was about 22 years of age. She preached. And they said, stop preaching. She wouldn't stop preaching. Stop preaching. She wouldn't stop preaching. They said, if you don't stop preaching, we are going to kill you. She still preached. They made her sit on a metallic chair, heated. And she was burning. Still, she would not recant. Still confessing Christ. 22 years old. Or 22 years of age. Before then, they took, put her in a mesh and threw her into in the midst of wild animals, bull, bulls, and they were tossing her around about. And she didn't die. When she came out, she was still preaching the gospel. She was still heralding the good news. And when she was on the metallic chair and she was still burning, she was confessing Christ. And preaching Christ until she died. 22 years of age. Countless. Countless. And this. I mean, we watched a movie. What's the name? Hacksaw Ridge. How many of you have watched Hacksaw Ridge? Wow. Go and watch that movie. It's a, it's a requirement. <laughs> it's a requirement for ministry. <laughs> no. A man of God. It's a, it's a serious movie. Yeah. The guy will say, Lord, one more. One more soul. <laughs> I look at so, at least soldiers and their commitments to the nation. 
earthly soldiers and their commitment to the nation, much more we. And I wonder what they even give them. So as I watch the movie, I'm asking myself, what do they give them? What did the nation do for them? How can you just give your life, I say your wife, your life like that? And even your wife, because I wonder how your wife will be feeling when you're on the battlefield. Because you may come, you may, you may come without your legs, <laughs> even if you survive. You may come without your hands. Soldiers, at least soldiers. 2007, 1 a.m., midnight. I was in a room. I was lying down. And I heard the voice of the Lord. And this is what he said. How they sacrifice themselves to a nation, a mere earthly kingdom. That's the exact voice I heard. How they sacrifice themselves to a nation, a mere earthly kingdom. Men are able to give their lives to mere earthly kingdoms. They have died for the nation much more, that kingdom, much more for the Lord himself. We just need to make up our mind. Persecution or no persecution, we are standing for his sake. Now the way Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and in Atmos, part of the earth. He said we shall be witnesses. He didn't say from Jerusalem, you go to Samaria, from Samaria, you go to Judah. No. He said both. So everywhere. You understand? But he said you shall be witnesses. And what is Matus? That is the word Matthias. You shall be Matthias unto me. Now, a Matthias is not only one who is just dying for the Lord. A Matthias, or a witness, is the one who witnessed to what he has heard and seen. He's a witness to what... Now, there's a difference between a minister and a witness. Like when you go to court and they ask for a witness. The, the word witness speaks of evidence. Proof. Uh-huh. You are a witness of what... We, so, God sent Saul to be a witness in Acts 22 for, of what he has seen and heard. To be a witness. You are a proof producer. You have the evidence. So, a witness is one who witnesses what he has seen and heard with such conviction that come what may, whether it's by life or death, he's ready to defend what he has seen and heard. That's a, a matthias. We have living matthias. Strong and resolute. Freaks of Jesus Christ. Their face is set as a flint. They will not compromise. They are just for the gospel. I wonder if someone comes with a cutlass and asks us, deny Christ and we'll let you go. How many of us will run away? And let me tell you a very interesting story. That it, done, it happened in Dansuman. Yeah, there's a pastor. I was a friend to that pastor. A friend to that pastor's friend. They were having a service like this. Like this. All of a sudden, a man appeared. He wasn't correct. With a cutlass in his hands. Hey! Raise the cutlass. Today all of you are dead. If you think you are not afraid, stand there and I'm coming. And no one could. Because if you are coming to him, you could see the guy was not. And the pastor said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop. You know what he said? You stand there and say in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's a serious matter. <laughs> but, then he said it again. As I'm coming. You just be standing there and saying in the name of Jesus. And he was coming close to him. 
In fact, the pastor said everything he could say. And the man was coming. He said, I'm coming. He was walking. Meanwhile, the members were scattered, you know. And there was a little opening at the top of the... (laughs) (laughs) This pastor said he doesn't even know how he was able to jump. (laughs) 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 Through that opening. And found himself... And you know what happened? There were a lot, the whole community, I mean, people were playing football, a lot of people were there. Come and see fans. That was the day his ministry ended. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> if it was you, what would you do? So, whether it be in Philippians 1.20, Paul said, whether it, as, whether it be by death or by life, that Christ may, may be magnified in my body. Like we need to prepare our hearts and our minds for him. Christ. Christ, come hold me. Stand for him and for the gospel. Uh-huh. They said, if we lose our lives for his sake and the gospels, if we find our life, we will lose it. If we lose our lives, we will find it. It's a, it's a principle of the drink offering. Don't think you are laboring for this pastor. You are laboring for the Lord. For his sake. Hallelujah. The work you are doing is not built on ambition. It's built on a commission. If it's an ambition, it's a divine vision. It's a divine vision that must be our, our personal pursuit. Yeah. Or don't think you are working to procure his favor or something. It must be the Lord. Let, let it just envelop you. It's him. It's him. And him alone. Uh, let me just read First Corinthians 6. so that Second Corinthians 6. I just want to read it for you. So that in case you want to leave the ministry, you can leave now. All right, let's read. <laughs> because you have entered into the battle. <laughs> you know, Paul said, And your hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And your hardness. And your hardness. Sometimes sleeplessness. And your hardness. Sometimes without food. And your hardness. Diverse situations. And your hardness. Now look at what Paul said. We then as workers together with him. Beseech you that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he has said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is accepted time. Now is a day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Hmm. But in all things, and this is how we approve ourselves in ministry. And this is how the apostles approve themselves in ministry. Not by ties, not by suits, not by Jojo Amani. Yeah. Look, look at how they were approved. Look, look at Paul. But in all things, in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, number one, in much patience. Glory. In much patience. Not in patience, in much patience. In afflictions. 
We are proving ourselves as ministers of God in afflictions. Can you imagine? In necessities. If you have no food, you think God has denied you. Beloved, God has not denied you at all. <laughs> Even in necessities, we have to approve ourselves. In distresses. In distresses. Let's go on. In stripes. In st- How many of us have received stripes? Not yet. When I was 14 years, I went for a meeting. They said, why should I go for that meeting? They gave me 50 stripes with wire on my bare back. So at least I have a little testimony. <laughs> in imprisonment. These days, if a minister is imprisoned, we, as if he's the worst man that ever appeared. But this is... Paul made prisons popular. Yeah. It's amazing. Look at the epistles he wrote from prison. Imprisonment, in tumult, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. So we have finished the inn by pureness, by pureness, that was his concept, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by sincere love, love unfeigned. Amazing. By the word of truth. By the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left, on the left, by honor and dishonor. So that means in ministry there is also dishonor. By honor and dishonor. By evil report and good report. So when you hear evil report about your pastor, don't think he has backslidden. Yeah. Woe unto you if all men speak well of you. That's how they spoke concerning the false prophet. Uh-huh. By evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet as true. As deceivers. I remember some years ago, BBC, they went to, um, they, were, they were showing Witness Chapel in Nigeria, Oedipo, and people going to give. You know, they went and they just captured the times when people were giving in Ghana must go bags. And you know how they captured it? How the pastors are taking advantage. Of church members in Africa. <laughs> and they made it in such a way that the man is so wicked and he's just, you know, enriching himself by their resources. That's how they made it look like. Yeah. As, as deceivers. <laughs> as deceivers. Look at Pastor seed. I'm sure it's the offerings of the people. <laughs> it's amazing. If you don't take time, you can easily be distracted. The Lord told Rick Joyner that you can be distracted the most by those who are the most like me. That's amazing. When you, the servant of God, you know, no man of God should be your focus. They are your inspiration, but Jesus is our focus. You see through them, not as a finality, but to see the Lord himself. You see, sometimes we say, man of God, ah, every day this man of God is changing his suit. There must be something about suit. I, I, what I'm telling you is something I've experienced. That's what I've witnessed. Someone saw Pastor, look, uh, if you look at Pastor Chris's suit, you wonder where you get them from. 
<laughs> Every day, I mean, this man. But can you imagine that all of those things were gifts? And you two, you are spending all your money to go and buy seat to approve your ministry. Don't think you can approve it with a pocket chief. No, it's not like that. It's not in seat, it's not in shoes. It's in something greater. As deceivers and yet true. The next verse. As unknown and yet well known. Sometimes you think you are not known. But let something evil come. Then you realize that you are well known. <laughs> when you are doing good, you are not known. But let an evil report come. Oh, that pastor, oh, we know him. Uh-huh. As, as unknown yet well known. As dying, and behold, we live as chastened and not killed. Ministry. Ministry. To be poured out. When you read about the, about the early Matthias, there are so many. So many, countless. And you wonder. They are unfeigned faith. You just wonder. You just wonder. Have you heard of the story of Dorothea? Have you heard of the story of Polycap? Everyone should know, but how many of you know Polycap? Polycap. These are the Justin Mattia. My. In the days of the Inquisition, how the saints died. This Bible has been executed. How people die because of the word. May we be, be ever prepared for his sake, for his name's sake. Prepared in heart, in mind. Life is him. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Just labor for his name's sake. Hmm. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. Can you imagine? <laughs> in which ways I am, am I more? In labors, more abundant. Ah, that's how we should be. In stripes, above measure. In, in prisons, frequent. In death, often. Paul is saying, I've died many times. I speak as a fool, I am more. As a mindset. If I'm going to be a soldier, look at the preparations. The soldiers have a mindset. I feel like the mindset of soldiers is, is even better than the, than the mindset of, of ministers. Yeah. Someone who's in the Air Force and the person was telling us that where they are, if, if you are preparing yourself to go to the parade grounds and so you, you, you are earlier than others, others are late and you quickly go, go fast. To, to show to them that after for you, you are not late, but the others are late. You will be punished as much as them. Their victory is corporate, not individualistic. If you are going to be late, you must all be late and all bear the consequences. But if one goes ahead of them, it will, it will not work. So all of you must go, go together. In the, mili- in the military, <laughs> in the military, if you are accused of something, you never deny it. Yes, sir, you accept it there. You don't say, oh, no, no, you don't put a defense. You obey before you complain. 
what you have not done, you will not. Yes, Can you imagine? Is it fair? <laughs> you just obey. <laughs> and we are the lost army. If we know him and his excellencies, his surpassing worth and supreme excellencies, these things will be easy. The, the word sacrifice is not sacrifice for lovers. As I said yesterday, like David Livingston, you know what he said? David Livingston. You know what he said? He said, God forbid that I should call the service of the king of kings a sacrifice. <laughs> and this was his concept. Concept: When men are elected into an office in the nation, they don't call that appointment a sacrifice. In fact, they call them honorables. It's a much more the appointment of the king of kings. I don't deem it a sacrifice. I deem it a privilege. <laughs> he says, I'm a missionary heart and soul. And in it, I hope to live and to die. And they brought the gospel to Africa. They brought the gospel to Africa. How many of you know about Brother Andrew? God smuggler. If you read the book, God smuggler. God's Brother Andrew. I think he, I don't know whether he's dead yet. Very old age. When the China was at the height of communism, you can't take Bible. There were no Bibles in China. Now in China, hundred pastors used one Bible, and it was written written with ink, pen on papers. Someone wrote. Someone sat down and wrote them. So you know how they share. When we meet in a in a washroom, I give you Second Corinthians chapter four. Then you take the Torah, chapter five, <laughs> and they were just just exchanging. 100 pastors used one Bible. But Andrew said, this nonsense must stop. <laughs> he carried Bibles and smuggled Bibles to China. Before he went, he said he was dead. He himself is dead. <laughs> That's his mindset. That was his mindset. He was dead. I mean, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. My life is not mine. It belongs to him. And he carried the Bibles when he reached China, the border. He just, he just prayed. He said, Father, said Jesus, on earth you made the blind to see. But now I pray, Father, that make the same blind. <laughs> <laughs> then he took the Bibles and crossed the border. And they inspected him. They never saw, saw the Bibles. Distributed the Bibles. And went and came again. And went and came again. And filled China with Bibles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beloved, may we become drink offering for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, there are three offerings that were meant to be eaten by the priest according to Leviticus. And we'll touch on them briefly. And there were three offerings. The Bible says that these offerings were most holy. The most holy. The sin offering was the most holy. The grain offering was most holy. The trespass offering was most holy. These offerings, when the, uh, the, the, the beasts were bent, they had to eat it. The priest had to eat these offerings. They were most holy. If I want to read, read, read it in Hebrew, in Hebrew, it doesn't say most holy. It says they are holies of holies. Can you imagine? <laughs> they are holiness of holiness. All right. Let me show you something about a sin offering. And see it corresponding application to us. 
the sin offering. I will just simplify it. When you read Leviticus, you realize that the sin offering is in four categories. If the priest that is anointed sin, there's a sacrifice he has to make. If the whole congregation sins, there's a sacrifice they have to make. If the ruler, the ruler or the governor sins, there's a sacrifice he has to make. And if the ordinary person sins too, there's a sacrifice he has to make. Four categories of people. Please, are you following? Four categories of people. Now, so we have the priest, the anointed priest. If he sins, there's something that was required. If the whole congregation sins, there was something that was required. If the ruler sins, there's something that was required. And the ordinary guy walking around, if he sins to sins, there's something that was required. Four. Okay. The priest who is anointed when he sins, he has to bring a bull. A young bull. A bull. If the whole congregation sins, they have to bring a bull. If the ruler sins, he has to bring a male kid. If the ordinary guy sins, he has to bring a female kid. Please, are you following? Or should I repeat? Yeah. If the priest that is anointed sins, he has to bring a young bull. If the whole congregation sins, they have to bring a young bull. In actual fact, <laughs> the son of the priest is equal to the son of the whole congregation. <laughs> then, if the governor or the ruler sins, he has to bring a male kid. But if the ordinary guy, just looking around, think some, some bachelor, some, he didn't say bachelor, he's an ordinary person. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's because most of you are bachelors, that's why I use that word. <laughs> so, then here they also have to offer the, a female kid. Amazing. Now, all of these represent Christ. But is, 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 the, is the Bible trying to say there's little Christ and bigger Christ or something? That's not the emphasis. That's not the emphasis. You see, if the priest sons, the anointed priest, the effect is greater than the ordinary guy. Because he stands at the place of greater influence, his sin gives more impact, negative impact, than the commoner. Hallelujah. Do you think all sins are the same? Do you think all sins are the same? Because Jesus said that, therefore, he spoke of some people having a greater sin. And spoke of some people having a greater domination. Greater sin, greater domination. When the anointed priest sins, it can weaken the consciences of the congregation, of the people. Therefore, he is required to offer a bull. Say a bull. Ask your friend, what do you think he will offer? Now, all of these, let, let me show what it means. Now, listen. The anointed priest, the anointed priest needs a bull-sized appreciation of the finished work of Christ. Because when you stand in a very high position in your, your sin, sometimes, when you have sinned, 
Your conscience can be so uneasy, can condemn you so much that in condemnation you are doomed to repeat what you did. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm telling the Christian leaders who are doing things and it has almost become an addiction and they are hidden. There's someone who did something and the person said, I can't forgive myself. I, I can't. No. There's a very respectable man who said, I can't. No. Why? Me, pa. You know, me, pa. Me, you four people. No, of course, the guy has worked with the Lord. And so sometimes it's heartbreaking. How did it happen? Me, pa, four people. There's a certain man of God in Cape Coast. Years ago, you know what he said? He said, he told his friend, you see, where I am now in the Lord, I can't fall. I can't, I can't fall. He said, where God has brought me, there's no way I can fall. He said with confidence, the, how God has endued me in his grace, where I am now, I can't fall. I've passed that stage. <laughs> he was an evangelist. He was speaking to another known evangelist. After two weeks, just two weeks, it was just two weeks. No, you don't make such utterances. You don't make such utterances giving. Anytime you boast in yourself, remember what Jesus said to Peter Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Satan has, when you read this conversion, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. The word asked in the Greek means to ask on legal basis, according to legal rights. And I ask myself, what legal right has Satan to ask? To sift Peter as wheat. Because Peter was, was boasting in the flesh. Jesus said, this night, all of you, shall deny me and all is all the instant Jesus said all of you shall deny me Peter said Lord not me though all of these betray you I i am prepared both to die with you and to be imprisoned with you <laughs> this kind of you know, Peter is always yet when at the scene when we read the Bible the Bible says he began to curse and to swear I know not the man Two words, he began to curse and to swear. I don't know him anywhere. Our path has never crossed before. <laughs> you know, in the realm of the flesh, when we boast, because Satan is a god of this age, when we boast in the flesh, that is when we lose grip. When we are doing well and we are making it, we must credit all the honor and glory to God. But the thing is this. The, the, anoint, the priest that is anointed and we are the priest. We, stand, we are God's priest. Hallelujah. He, he must offer a young bull, not a kid. Now, if we are here and you, are, you only have a kid, a kid appreciation of the finished work of Christ and the efficacy of the blood of the everlasting covenant... When such things happens to you, if you don't take time, you condemn yourself forever. And through the heaviness of your conscience and through condemnation, 
you can even repeat it again. It can become a repetitious cycle of defeat. Praise the Lord. Now, now if, if we're a guy, and if we're a leader, and you're, you're always doing those things, like, well, well, it has become your profession. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about you are doing well. You are working with the Lord, and it happens. That is when the problem is. Because you, you, it, it is very painful. You understand? It's, it's so painful. Ah! How come? You know, it, 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 and of course, because you love the Lord, you feel like you've grieved Him. It's, it's difficult. Ah. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> Those who are able to rise are people with great faith. I tell you. People with great faith. Because the church will condemn you the more and kill you down there. Yeah. So you need a bull size appreciation and revelation. Hallelujah. That's why you have to offer the, <laughs> the, the priest that is anointed must offer the young bull, not the kid. Trusting in the efficacy. Trusting in the completed satisfaction. And believing in it to rise up again and to move forward in him. Hallelujah. Then, so I've mentioned the four. Then, in the sin offering, the Bible tells us that when the blood is shed, okay, the blood of the blood of the I nearly said the blood of the anointed priest. No. <laughs> the blood of the of the bull shed by the anointed priest is poured in the horns of the incense altar. The offering the offering of the whole congregation when they sin is poured in the incense in the horns of the incense altar. That's the first two. By the ruler who sins or the governor. The blood of the young of the of the of the, um, the of the what? You are right. Of the kid is poured in the horns of the burnt sacrifice, of the altar of sacrifice. Then the, the blood that is shed by the, uh, the, the the female kid, by the ordinary guy, the blood is poured in the horns of the burnt sacrifice. There are two altars. There's an the altar of incense and there's an the altar of sacrifice. The altar of incense is just at the veil, in front of the veil. To the holies of holies, and the altar of sacrifice is at the outer court. That's where the, where the beast asks sacrifice. And all these altars have four horns. So with the first two, with the anointed priest and the congregation, when they sin, when they present the bull, the blood of the bull must be poured in the horns of the incense altar. But with the last two, that is with with the what? And the uh-huh, you are following. The blood is poured into the horns of the of the what the altar of sacrifice, the one at the, at, the, at the outer court. But let me concentrate on the on on us. Why the incense altar? Why is the one anointed priest sins and he kills the bull? The blood must be poured in the four horns of the incense altar. Because the incense is a symbol of worship. It's a symbol of praise. It's a symbol of prayer. The symbol of our supplication and, prayer and intercession, the incense, the symbol of our worship. When the leader sins, it affects worship. It affects worship. It doesn't affect his worship alone. It affects the worship of the congregation because everything he does is representative. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email 
to info at Christworldinc.com. God bless you.